We stand in honor of the reading of the Holy Gospel. Today it comes to us from Mark, the first chapter. Jesus and his friends, they went to the city of Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were all astounded by his teaching. Astounded. For he taught as them... He taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him saying, Be silent, come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept asking one another, What is this? A new teaching, and with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the region of the Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, Jesus doesn't even wait 21 verses in the first chapter of Mark before he picks a fight. Before he picks a fight. Now, most of the time when we think about Jesus, we we picture this nice guy with lambs on his shoulders and he's kind of peace-loving and you know, kind of boring maybe, you know, just as if the whole point about being a follower of Jesus is about being really nice. Like that's the whole point, to be really nice. When we imagine Jesus, think of all the stories that defined his life, being born in Bethlehem and being baptized and then healing people like we hear today and talking to all the people he shouldn't have talked to and touching all the people he shouldn't be touching Breaking bread, giving of himself, dying on a cross. But we know that's not the end of the story. But what about you? What have been some of the stories that you use to define who you are? Is it the small town here in South Dakota that you come from? Is it the countries that your great-grandparents immigrated from when they came to the United States? Is it your work or your family life? What are the stories that we use to define us? Because, you know, some critters, they collect food for the winter. Us humans, we collect stories. Stories. Which is why we love to read books and television shows and movies. That's why we like shows like This Is Us. Because it's a story that's being told. And I tell you what, that's also why I love to preach at funerals. It's the honor of our lives as pastors to get up and to share some of the stories and how it connects to the story of Jesus, of those that have died in our community here. Our lives are full of rich, rich stories. Does anyone know who this is? Who is this? 
Ray the barber. That's right. Ray the barber. Ray Meish. For 60 years, he said, he waltzed around his chair. And everyone who came to get a cut by Ray was equal, whether they were the CEO of the company or if they were a working man. And one of our own here at, at Bethlehem, uh, he said, Mike, he said, you know, I went in there one time for her and I told Ray I want a high and tight. And Ray looked at him and said, if I give you a high and tight, there's not going to be much left up there. <laughs> That's how we know Ray, right? But did you know that Ray also had a family? One, two, three, four, five kids Ray had. They all had different stories and they laughed and they cried as we prepared for his funeral to be able to celebrate him and his life. Did you know that Ray loved horses? That he had a hobby farm in Groton that was a passion of his. Sure, you knew Ray the barber, but there's a story behind the story. Blessed be his memory. At Christmas, we celebrate that Jesus is the light of the world who has come into the world. And so we wonder throughout this month of Epiphany in January here, what does life look like in light of Jesus? How does our lives change because he was here and is here with us now? Which is why that we look at the stories like This Is Us and we say, you know what, sometimes the Hollywood scripts, they have a way of giving us insight into the Holy Scriptures to help us understand better how God is at work in each of our lives. And if you've never seen This Is Us, it's okay. Here's what one reviewer from the Washington Post said. They said, I have to see a few more episodes, but there's something comfortably gooey right away about This Is Us. You know, in light of all of the television shows that have really good detectives or um, agent superheroes and all sorts of different things, there are very few TV shows anymore that care simply about everyday people and how they feel. How they feel. Well, come to the Midwest... Someone would ask me, how do you feel? I'd say, well, I feel fine. <laughs> How's everything going? Oh, everything's going pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. It's hard to know for us sometimes, what do we do with our honesty about the pain of life or the struggles that we've had? What do we do with it? It's hard to share that with others, to say, I am experiencing that. Like when you have a spouse's health who is failing, or when a kid is lying directly to your face, or when you worry about making the bills. And so we read stories, and we watch television shows, and we cry over football games, because that's much safer than our own stories sometimes. But all those stories, the shows, the seasons, the games, they all come to an end. And so what are the stories that we can truly build our lives around so that, like Pastor Jeff said last week, we can have a change of heart in this life, that our life can be changed. Well, come with me to Capernaum. Chapter 1, verse 21 of Mark. Jesus is walking in the small village of Capernaum along the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus is heading to a place of prayer there. See, Jesus was raised as a good Jewish boy, so if he was in a Jewish community on the Sabbath day, where would he have gone? To the synagogue. Of course he would have gone there. And what happens next 
is five stories of healing, almost all back to back. Five stories of healing where Jesus is healing people with, with um, physical issues, mental issues, spiritual issues, all sorts of things. It's like all right in a row, like a giant exclamation point. He's like drawing a line in the sand and he's saying, sin, death, and the power of the devil, you're staying on that side of the line now because I am here with you. Jesus is drawing a line in the sand. And it's easy to read these healing and miracle stories and what do I do with them? Exorcism? Well, that sure sounds a lot like what I have to do to my computer at work on Monday. What do I do with these stories? Here's something that I found helpful. See, this story this morning is framed. It's like sandwiched together by one key word that gets repeated. Repeated twice for us to pay attention to. What is it? Authority, exactly. Authority. Jesus here has the home field advantage, right? He was in the Galilee, close to his hometown where he was raised. He was in a town of Jews, which was his community. He was in the synagogue, which was the Jewish place of prayer. It was the sanctuary, probably like this one. And yet, even in the sanctuary, there were people who had all kinds of struggles. Shoulder to shoulder with Jesus in the midst of all of that. Even in the sanctuary. Friends, if you've come to the church today thinking, well, this is the church. Everybody's going to be nice. Nobody's going to eat that last caramel roll. Nobody would bully anybody. And the staff people, especially them pastors, they would never make a mistake. Well, friends, you've come to the wrong church. Because how do we know that Jesus is here right now, that the presence of Jesus is in this church at Bethlehem? It's because there's people like me and maybe like you here. People who on one day can be incredibly kind and gracious. And at the next minute, you see me raging over peanut butter at Ken's. You wonder, how does this, it's the same person, right? Yes, even in the sanctuary with you worshiping side by side. It almost feels like we're trapped by a story that keeps repeating itself. One day I'm nice, one day I'm mean. One day I'm nice. Maybe it's in the same hour. Here's a true story about being trapped. I really wanted to see the new Star Wars movie, right? So, and I wanted to see it in the theater. I didn't want to see it on the small screen. Well, by the time I got around to it, all of my friends had already seen the movie. Okay, well, I still want to see it. I still want to go to the movie theater. So with two little kids at home, what time can I go to that movie? 10.15 p.m. I go to the theater, right? Two and a half hour movie. I'm getting out after midnight. And I knew my friend Jesse was going to come and get me. So I went out of the theater and I, and I started going towards the doors, the doors that you normally go out of on the north side of the mall there. And uh, there is a, like, rope across the, uh, the lobby of the movie theater. And it says, please use the north doors. The north doors are right over here. Okay, go underneath those. And then I get to the uh, double doors that have the crash bars on them. No re-entry. Okay, well, I've got to go out. The- See you later. Out the doors I go. And then I finally get to those final bank of doors on the north side of the mall. <laughs> oh, this is kind of... Where's the door at the crash bar? There is none. 
uh, okay, well, Jesse, I'll be right there. Like, literally, he's really right outside the door. So then I go back around. I'm running through the mall to get to the other doors. It's 1230. All the lights are on. Taylor Swift is blasting in the mall. I get to the doors, the next set. <laughs> They're all locked. How do I get out of this mall? I run back to the movie theater, pound on the glass. They're all gone. <laughs> I go next door to the mall office. There's a number, 24 hours a day, call. I can't get out of the mall. Nobody's picking up the phone. I'm feeling a little trapped. What do I do? I end up having to call the authorities. Can you let me out of the mall? You got to be kidding me, right? Luckily, my friend Jesse caught a guy, the last guy probably, leaving the mall. Came in and let me out. Have you ever felt trapped? Trapped in that same cycle. But trapped is not the end of our story. Remember those words, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sin and open the doors, release us from that. For Mark, the script, the story, the mission, the ministry of Jesus is to change our stories. And we can come to Jesus and just say, God, this is us. This is me. This is all I am. And the good news is that because of the Jesus coming into our world, God says to us, this is me. This is you with me. It's where the sick are healed, where addiction is surrounded and cared for, where sin is confessed and sin is forgiven, where the locked doors to whatever in your life needs to be opened is opened so you can be free. And that can only be opened by a new authority. There's only one who has that kind of authority. There's only one who went into our world in the midst of all of the greed and injustice. There's only one who went to the cross, healing and forgiving. There's only one who defeats even death and says to us, it's me. And that is Jesus Christ, crucified and risen for you and for me. To help rewrite the story, we can't. Because see, in the English word authority is another word. What is it? Author. Author. Friends, if there is some part of your story that is crashing and burning in your life, or you've really been struggling with for years, know this. Trust that God will not wait for you to get your act together. Jesus will author with authority a new story, a new chapter, a new direction, a new creation in you and for you each and every day. You can't buy it. You can't work for it. You can't beat yourself up about it. All we can do is receive it and thank God that the author of life is with us. Would you pray with me? Day by day, gracious God, we need you to release us, to set us free from whatever struggle, whatever disease, whatever spiritual crisis, struggle we have, Lord. We need you this next week as we go about our usual work and our usual routines. But God, that you are with us, that changes everything. So gracious God, day by day, remind us that we do not walk alone. In Jesus' name. Amen.